I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hello and welcome to the Utah Puck Report, uh, Season 5, Episode 2. It's only fitting to get right back into the Utah Grizzlies. And uh, Jared Youngman, Vice President? Vice President, yeah. Why? You run everything. So I'm I'm there. I know. All right. Okay. (laughs) We we, we make it work. Yeah, yeah. Vice President, you you remind me a lot of myself because uh, you wear a ton of hats. Yeah. And you do a ton of stuff. I want to talk to you about all that because you're... It's, uh, yeah, you and I both, like, I'm a fireman, I do this, I do the movie stuff, you know, like, cinematics to movies, and it seems like every time I turn on my Facebook or Instagram, there's Jared out just... Doing something. Pound pavement, doing something. Yeah, I love it. You gotta gotta stay busy. Absolutely. right now, you sit around and do nothing, or you go out and have fun, and get to know more people, and enjoy enjoy life. Yeah, Uh, and that's that's my philosophy, 100%. 100%. Okay, so, you... Vice President for the Utah Grizzlies, you guys had, like, a crazy season last year. Like, so yeah. many firsts, so many records, so many cool things happening. I saw more and more fans in the stands. Yeah. Um, had to be the first. At the beginning of the season, was it the beginning of last season that we had? Because you had Jared Pike. That was the beginning of last season, right? Mason Maddock. two years Was ago. it two years ago? I think, yeah. All right. So, but we're, we're seeing... Uh, we're seeing the possibility of more Utah-born players yeah. playing for the Utah Grizzlies. Absolutely. And there are a couple more that are out there uh, with Daniel Brickley um, and Alex Halloran, Nick Halloran, sorry, Nick Halloran. Nick yeah. Nick's out there playing, and, you know, as he's those are really good players that would be good pickups for, right. for Utah when they're done playing at the higher leagues. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you know Ryan Knasswich very well. Yeah. Um, he's got his he's got his finger out there. He knows what he's looking for. Um, obviously, when when Mason was finishing up a couple of years ago, um, he'd worked with Mason oh, yeah. all through the summer, and so he I mean he knows who's out there. He's you know he talks to people. He knows where guys are and and who's going to be a good fit, um, and does the best he can to make it work. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and Mason is something I want to talk. I know there's only so many things you're allowed to talk about, but yeah. I want to talk about Mason. Yeah, but, absolutely. So tell me about from your standpoint. Last year, you're like, I gotta get, I gotta get the advertising out. I gotta get butts and seats. I need everybody to know what's going on. Did you see? Did you come up with creative things to let people know that there's a local, a bunch of locals? Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a good core group of us. I mean, I wouldn't say it's just me. It's not just me. There's there's a team of us. I mean, Brian Pruch, who uh, is our uh, chief marketing officer now. Um, you know, his 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 brain and his mind is is amazing. And the team that that he and I have have kind of together there of just you know being creative to make things happen, um, you know to get people in right. I mean, obviously you're a hockey guy, you're a hockey fan, yeah. um, and so it's important to try to get those hockey fans in. But you're also trying to just get you know the everyday you know mom and pops and families and and businesses to come out um, and enjoy a time at the game. 
Um, and not necessarily come because of the game, but come for other reasons, but then see how great that game is and then start wanting to come back more and more and more. So there's a lot of great ideas that have come in. You know, we're still trying to find more ideas, um, you know, to bring more people in and, and to make it a, a, a huge, great atmosphere that our players love to come home and play in. Did you see a jump in sales with Mason Manic playing? Did, yeah. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah. No, I think anytime you have a, a local product that comes in, um, it definitely helps, right? I mean, you've got, you know, um, Mason being here, playing here. His family is very well known here. Yeah. I mean, you've got his dad and his and his uncle that that do a lot in the hockey community, um, and so there's a lot of support that way there. Um, that is huge to to see those people come out and you know support. I mean, it was great for Mason. He'd always talk about the fact, and even Jared Pike now as our assistant coaches. You know, like they would come to games, they would play, you know, the mites on ice or whatever it is at the games or or play games during, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. And and like that was their dream was to to put on that Grizzlies jersey and then to get that opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, Kind of a dream come true in a way. And then, you know, you've got your fans and family, friends and family up in the stands that are that are cheering you on and having fun with it just makes it a a whole different experience. And a lot of parents come in and they sit and they're quiet and they just uh you don't even know where they're at maybe they'll maybe they'll wear their their kids jersey or whatever but the manics were not that way like they their section became a party section you always knew where they were Charmin, uh mason's mom was extremely loud and and proud and so much fun to see like from i i I guess i'm i'm really biased because i've known them forever brandon was you know Brandon was in my line at my wedding, and Charmin was in my wife's line and did her hair for her wedding. And so maybe we're a little bit biased. But even just as a hockey fan sitting on the other side of the arena and seeing the entire Manic family, even if you didn't know them, you saw how much fun they were having and how involved they were. Your interest was peaked to know. Yeah. Who are those people? Yeah. Because, like, yeah, they, they were loud and had a lot of fun. Um you know, and you would see people gravitate to that, to where they're at. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, you did notice that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, they, you could always tell what section they were going to be, and they'd have, you know, I think they'd buy twenty seats or whatever. Yeah. They started, I know they started in suites, but then they, I think they liked being in the seats better. Yeah. And you'd see more and more people just want to go sit over there yeah. and be loud and have a good yeah. time. I and, mean, they had their signs. I mean, they even, you know, it was that our Monday games turn into the. Just another manic yeah, Monday, just another manic you know, Monday. with yep. with uh, Mason out there on the ice. It was it was awesome. I mean, they, they, yeah. and they, what a great family who uh, you know love to support. Oh yeah, to make it happen. So. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about the manic family. Absolutely. Um, so I, I'm just going to ask, like, and a lot of people don't understand. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of set it up. This was during the COVID goalie situation. Uh, the Grizzlies had zero goalies. They were calling me and my son right. and saying, we need somebody uh, in town right now. Like they were, where, I can't remember what town they were in. Oh, they were in, uh, were they in Kansas City? No. They For, were, when they ended up using the e-bug. Rapid, well, Rapid They're, City. They were oh, yeah. in Rapid City, and it was the kid that played at uh, GCU. Right. right, right. They ended up using an e-bug, and he started and played the whole game. But, and he won. Yeah, and we, he won. We won the game. And you know turning what, point. It, it cheapens it for some of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were the only one that helped get that win. Now yeah, we've got another yeah. one. Yeah, that's. Um, and he played the whole game. I only played eleven minutes. Yeah, right. So, um, anyway, the the Grizzlies are back up against the wall. Desperate situation. Need, desperate enough to call and offer to fly me to, you know, out there to play. Right. And then Tegan, who hasn't been on the ice for two years, but still is better than me. We all know that. They wanted. They, uh, Ryan's like. Can Tegan come out right now? Like, we'll fly you guys out right now. And right. I'm like, Tegan, you want to go play pro? And he's like, no. Like, that sounds terrifying <laughs> to go jump in the net. I it would the be terrifying. Two, yeah, I haven't been on the ice in two years, but Kanasa, which knows him. So they make a trade. An open-ended, player-to-be-named later trade for a goalie yeah. who comes in, tests positive for COVID, can't play. I don't even think he ended up playing. Oh. And so we got nothing in the deal. Summer comes player to be named later becomes Mason Manic. Mason Manic. And I I on my end as, you know, just the media guy, 
I hadn't even I didn't know about the trade at first, but I started getting angry texts yeah. or messages or um, through the Utah Puck Report Facebook page. My instant messenger just lit up. People already saw it on uh, Elite Prospects or whatever. Yeah, it was. Why it would was the Grizzlies trade? Why would the Grizzlies trade? I'm like, they. This is not their idea. Right. I guarantee it. Right. No, and it's not. I mean, end of the day, you know, with with our league, you'll always have the what we consider we call. Is future considerations, yep. right? And so you get the trade, you get the player you have, and then that team, the opposing team, has a deadline, right? Sometimes it's before this, you know, the trade deadline, or it's after the season for the next season. And so we had this future considerations trade. Now, each one of those, the Ryan had an opportunity to hold so many players back, right? So then they can't take those. Right. And I think with, with Mason's situation, and I, I mean, it, you know, what I understand with his situation was after playing juniors, there was some scholarship money for him yep. to go to school. Yep. And, you know, he was looking at that and toying with what was going on. Um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, we didn't know where he was going, what he was going to do. Um you know, if Ryan and Ryan has said, if he would have known that that's where since he was looking, yeah, then you know he changes things up a little bit, and and we keep Mason as a you know as a non non traded player. Well, unfortunately, they went that way. Um, yeah, you know, so Mason's rights are in Cincy. Uh, my understanding is, I. I don't think he's going. I think he's just going to go to school, right? He's definitely so, not going. So it basically, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I could just say everything. Like, obviously, I know. I mean, right? his mom was at our house yesterday cutting our hair, and uh, looks but, good, by the way. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's just the uh, my hair is the easiest haircut. You know, I went. She didn't touch the mustache, though. I can tell nobody's touching the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I grew this thing out, but I'm sticking with it. <laughs> yeah, you have to I get now. nonstop crap for it, yeah, too. Everywhere yeah. we go, people see yeah. it. Usually, every once in a while, it's a nice thing about it, but yeah. a lot of times it's not yeah. so nice. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Mason, I think that was a career ender for him, which is weird to me because uh, – and, and I under, I completely understand what Cincinnati was thinking because if you look at who Colorado had protected and you look at who was protected from – you you have Mason Manick at 58 points. Mm-hmm. Like he, that's really good. And yeah. I can't. What did he play? 70, 70 games. He played every game except one playoff game. Okay, I remember he got sat for a playoff game. Anyway, they, uh, I would take him too, right? Like if I was coaching yeah. and I saw a little spark plug player like that that played in the dub, yeah, uh, that's who I would take too, because right. right? you know, one, he's going to work hard every night, and then two, he's going to be a fan favorite, and three, he's going to put points on the board. Right. If even just a half a point a game, he's he's better than that. But if you could get a half a point a game right. out of a, a minimum wage player, yeah. you take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and, and he's he's great enough. And I don't I mean obviously you do know. I mean technically, if since he doesn't hold on to his rights for it's three the years next season. No, it's three years in the East Coast League. No, I think it is. No. If you don't resign, I think it's three years. They have to rehold his rights again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Well, they so could, they could keep. If him they for don't hold his rights. Yeah. Which they shouldn't. He could then he potentially if they don't hold his rights for those next years and they just let him go, then he could come back and play here next season. Yeah, right. I mean, there's a lot of ins and outs that goes with it, but there is a good chance. I mean, if Mason wanted to continue to play, um, you know, yeah, huh. could make it work. Because we or, made- or, or may hit. Ryan wants to trade and get him back. I mean, that's always a possibility too. Yeah, I was really hoping. You just go out and find a player, sign them, and trade them because yeah. that's that's what I would have done. Because you know, and this doesn't happen very often, and this is what blows people's minds when I tell them is that there are a lot of guys out here that can make more money not playing for the Grizzlies. Everybody just thinks, oh, you're a pro hockey player. Right. That must be nice to you know drive your, your you know your Maserati into the yeah. the Maverick Center not, every not, night or not whatever. ECHL, right? Uh, so. Mason has the opportunity, one, well, everybody that plays in, like most Americans that play in Canadian major juniors give up NCAA eligibility. So to compete with that, Canadian major juniors came up with their scholarship program. This was years ago. So you get one year of school up to whatever amount of money for every year that you play for them. And then you have 18 months from the time you stop playing 
to start using that money. Right. So most of the time, and I, I see it all the time because it's funny when I walk into the Grizzlies locker room, they find out I'm a fireman. They're all like, "Hey, I'm taking online firefighter classes. How do I get hired in Utah?" You know, right. and it's you know Canadians that probably couldn't get hired here, right? Just because of all the hoops to jump through or whatever. But um, anyway, so they they can use that. So Mason can play, and he could. He could have gone to Cincinnati and started school online at the U or whatever, especially since COVID, everything's online anyway. Right. So I think the potential's there, but I think Mason was upset. He didn't, He was completely honest with the Cincy coach. He's like, I'm not going to come to Cincinnati. Right. Just got married. Uh, I have. He has the ability to walk into his dad's business and take over. Well, and he's got his own little Oh, yeah, yeah. Business, uh, right? We should pump that too. Bucked. Not, buck tough. Buck thanks, tough. Yeah. I was going to say the wrong. Yeah, buck. I was going to say the other one. Buck down, <laughs> buck tough, yeah. buck tough, and yeah. you can, and I've actually bought. He's got the cool little light that I actually bought for my, my fire helmet. Right, I don't hunt, but I I do use flashlights. Right, um. So yeah, I mean, he's an active kid, and it just sucks because I know from a fan standpoint and from a proud uh, friend of the family standpoint, yeah. it was so much fun to see him play, and he's so electric out there. Oh, I love watching. Yeah, him play. he. I just he is. Uh, well, I had the opportunity to play at Shattuck St. Mary for a year, and the coach I played for, like uh, Jean-Paul Parisi, yep. he instilled in me is that you can't get outworked. You, yeah. I don't care if you understand the game. I don't care if you can turn left, but you better not get outworked on the ice. Yeah. And Mason Manic would fit that every night. 100%. Yeah. yeah you, you watch what he does. You know, he's in early. He's always working out. He's doing it. And, you know, I mean, for his size – yeah, I mean, he, he's not he's not afraid to make things happen. If he's got to go out and hit somebody and go to the corners, he's going to do it. And here's the other thing that people don't understand. And Mason had Mason is loved by the Colorado f- franchise. Uh, Joe Sackick, Adam yeah. Foot, he played for those guys. He's lived with those guys. They love him, right. and I think he really had. If he stayed in this organization, I think he had a chance to get that call up to the A. Yeah, I think they really wanted to give him a look. Um, towards the end of the season, I was making phone calls to other AHL teams saying, why don't you grab Mason and take right. a look at him? Help him out. And they said, yeah, uh, if he puts up similar numbers, you know, it's Riley, obviously, right? Or yeah. Colin Ry- Riley, yeah. who's co- coach, you spewed the Grizzlies, Riley Armstrong. Yep. And uh, I was talking to Riley, and I'm like, why Why isn't he getting pulled up? There are other five foot nine players playing in the A, and they're yeah. not putting up the kind of numbers he's putting up. Yeah. And Riley was like, look, I've got a ton of – Flyers that Philadelphia Flyers that I got to look at, but if he puts up the same kind of numbers that next year is not a rookie, he says it's hard for me to look at a rookie. But if yeah. I'm looking at a second year or a third year guy that's still doing it, I'll pull him up in right. a heartbeat. Yeah. So I just it just sucks to see that yeah. go away. Well, I mean, again, the, the hope is he comes back. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, you know, Mason has known Ryan for years. Ryan's yep. been very. I mean, the, the communication is not. You know. It's there, one hundred percent. They're they're honest with each other on what's going on and what's happening. You know, I mean, the fans are upset. Ryan's not happy. Right. I mean, I mean, I think as, as, as an organization, yeah. you know, I, I think fans look at things, and and we as as sports people, we don't always know really what's behind trades. We don't know what's you know what are we thinking, and and why would Coach Canass would you do something like that? Well. You know, there's a lot that goes into it that becomes that fact of this is what's going on. And between, you know, Ryan and Mason and Mason's family, there was the communication to say, hey, here's what's going on. And, you know, Ryan was not, you know, Ryan was was sad about the situation because, you know, he knew what Mason had three, four years ago when Mason was here for the summer and he was training with Ryan on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think the communication was there, and unfortunately, it is what isn't. We had the, you know, a trade I believe was with Dylan Fitz at the trade deadline. You know, we lost a guy that the fans really loved. Yeah, yeah. Fitzy, it, Fitzy comes in, and all of a sudden, you know, he's the spark of energy. And I mean, I had fans asking me, "Well, why would he do that?" And I'm like, "Just give it some time." <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, now it's just like, "Oh, that was the best trade we made all year." And you're like, "You think?" Yeah. Sometimes we know what we're doing. Yeah. yeah, isn't and that amazing? And player and and fans don't understand that. But that's one thing I wanted to convey is that 
so and you can't always control it. And the, right. and the, the, the Grizzlies were upset they didn't want to trade Mason. Right. And so there's that. And then there's the other part that sometimes it really does work out better for the team. You don't know what's coming in. I just listened to Wayne Gretzky talk about a trade. Uh, he was talking about trades at the deadline yesterday. And he was talking about uh, how they had to give up a third, their third center. Because they had him and they had Messier and they had the third center. And Gretzky's like, this is the best third center I've ever played with. Right. And Edmonton traded him. And I'm like, why would you do that? I cannot believe you would do that. And then they ended up bringing in a guy like Essa Tikkanen who ends up being like a key part. Right. And he has nothing to do with the actual hockey play. Right. But he turns every game with his physical play or his attitude or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like even at Wayne Gretzky's level – who nobody questions that, right? You're like, right. Oh, when yeah, Wayne Gretzky cool. says something, you're like, you're oh, that's gospel. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting. You just don't you don't see yeah. that. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than eighty thousand Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. So as, as we're talking about like stuff that, that fans don't know and, and that fans maybe um, don't understand, I want to talk, you and I had probably one of the best episodes we've had on the show because we actually really dove into what fans were saying. Because yeah. you have, and I, I still read all the boards. Maybe you don't. I know. Oh some, no, it's. Well, yeah, you do. Right? I, I, like, I read them. Yeah. I don't. I won't comment on boards. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, there's things that are there. You know, I'm happy to discuss if need be, but yeah. Unfortunately, you know, the boards is something the fans want to hear it and. Well, and then yeah, he didn't go with it. Every year, we the NHL game comes now. Yeah, and every year, and I'm guilty of it because I wrote a similar article. I read it. I yeah, I read it. <laughs> but my, I would like to think that mine was a little more fair. Absolutely. No, I'm just uh, well, first off, I'm not a journalist. I don't know why they keep letting me write things. That's why I brought. I have writers now. Yeah, you, yeah, kind you, of. You've moved up. I well, I just have delegated. I don't know that I've moved up at all, but <laughs> I'm delegating. Um, but I wrote an article about is. Is Utah ready for the NHL? Is Utah ready for the AHL? I, I guarantee that we're ready for the AHL, especially with it all being in the West Coast. Yeah. The cards have to be right. Uh, and the fans keep saying whatever, and you and I have battled that before, and I'm probably guilty of being frustrated at times with uh, with not being in the A, but then you read some of the stuff that comes across from some of the fans, if you will, or some yeah. of the people. You have people that refuse to be fans. Right. They just want. They just want to comment. Yeah, and I. I don't get it. I. There was one comment on that talking about the NHL that the Grizzlies are one step above high school, and I'm like, what high school? Like, because these kids have played. They were the top in their high school, not in Utah, in Minnesota, yeah. in Calgary. You know, these kids, if they played high school at all, they usually just went straight to AAA or Junior A. Right. And then these kids all played in the USHL, or they played the Canadian Major Juniors, right. and then they all played NCAA. So you are getting. Top tier players. I'll go to a Grizzlies game and watch. I mean, granted, it's not the NHL, but nothing is. Oh. I mean, Real Salt Lake sells out most of their games, and they're like tier five soccer. Right. It's when you watch the difference. Yeah, the top's going to be unreal, but you can still go to a Grizzlies game and be blown away by the talent yeah. and these the experience these kids have playing. I mean, you've got uh, I can't remember the kid's name from Michigan. The Which one? Rabby, Rabby. Oh, Dar- uh, yeah, Rabby. Rabby. Yeah. I didn't. I really didn't think that's how you'd pronounce it. It just. But anyway, yeah. you have players like that that I watched play in college. That you're like that kid's phenomenal. Yeah. And you have them come out here. You have uh, the the kid out of Arizona State, 
Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. Yeah, speaking of my yeah, shot glass yeah, in my backpack. Yeah, yeah Johnny um, Walker. So you have Johnny Walker out there who set all their records. Right. So when you talk about things that fans don't know, fans are really losing sight. They're not even the fans. They're, I guess they're the, the detractors. Right. What would you want to say to these guys about the product you guys are putting on the ice this year and what you had last you know, year? The biggest thing that I look at with it, and we've again we've talked about the whole high school stuff, right? And we're one. This level of hockey, it's not the NHL. We agree, it's not necessarily the American Hockey League, which we all agree. But these guys come in, game in and game out, and make things work. I mean, you want to question what this season is going to bring? Look at last year. You've got a first-year head coach who got the job in September, weeks before training camp, goes in, puts together a team, wins the division. We get into the playoffs with a very young rookie team, and we get to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Kanasowicz knows what he's doing. These players know what they're doing. And to me, you know – you're going to see a great hockey team on that ice. I, agree. I mean, from the defense, I mean, Ryan likes to start on that, you know, from the blue line and move forward. But the training camp is looking really, really good. You, we have the most players that have ever returned to us. It's happened this year. We've got, you know, some great things going on with, you know, with what Ryan's doing. And now Jared Pike is our assistant coach. I mean, they're in there working hard. You're going to see another strong team. You're going to see another team that I believe will contend again for the Kelly Cup. You know, hopefully the hope is is that two years in a row we get that division championship. Yeah. And, and, and we make it work. But I think for these people, end of the day, you know, being in this business for 20-plus for years – I mean, I can speak as long as I'm blue in the face. You can talk as you know as much as you want, and and the fans that that love this team and love the sport, um, you, know, you can only say so much. I mean, nothing to go against. I mean, high school, you know, sports. My kids, you know, he didn't play high school this year, but he could have. You know, you've got the other, you know, teams with the outliers and the Mustangs and the Provo team, and I mean, you've got those. Yeah, they're great. But, you know, this team is what it is. This is this is still a professional team yeah. that's there. You are and the you're gonna come for the Colorado Avalanche. Right. Like, you have players that are drafted. You have players that are going to go up to the yeah. A. Yeah. Typically, like, Dastu last year. Yeah. What, a, what an amazing player to watch. If yeah. you didn't go to a game last year and watch him or Trent Miner and yeah. see the things that those two were pulling off last yeah. year, that's, I mean... Yeah. Those it's, guys, that's those are NHL caliber guys. Hundred yeah. percent. Well, and I think at the end of the day, it's just you know, come you come and support. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you're going to have the people that you know it is what it is, and we should, yeah, we looked at the A. I mean, for the longest time, the Vegas Golden Knights were talking Salt Lake City, talking Salt Lake City. Well, the the landscape of the American Hockey League has changed. You're getting a lot more of these NHL teams are trying to put their American Hockey League team. Close enough that yeah. they can drive to it. They can get a, a quick flight, or you know, and that's what Vegas chose to do. Yep. And that's what we just we go through. And hey, look, you know, would the American Hockey be great? Yeah, it would be. But I'll tell you this: go back and look at the Utah Grizzlies' records, win-loss percentages, and all that stuff from the American Hockey League to the ECHL, and winning percentage is much greater in the ECHL than it was in the American Hockey League. Us going to the playoffs, us getting deeper in the playoffs, is greater where we are sitting right now than we were in the A. Now, what did you have in the A that we don't have now? We don't have the Trevor Daly, the... You know, first round draft picks. Those first round draft picks, the John Erskins, the Steve Gaines, Mike Smith, that it's all of a sudden it's like... You know, tonight we see him here at the Maverick Center, and tomorrow we're going to tune in and watch on NHL, and we're going to see him there. That's that's what we're losing, or that's what we're missing with the league that we're in. But I can tell you these players, they care. They want to get out. They want to perform to make it work. And so I think for us, end of the day, it's like, come and enjoy it. And if you don't, okay. 
Yeah. You know, or maybe hockey's not your thing. If hockey's not your thing, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, if you don't, I, I honestly believe if you don't enjoy a Grizzlies game, then may, maybe right. you just don't understand right. hockey. Well, and it's hard because you get a lot of people that, I mean, you know, that they grew up with all, you know, they grew up with the, the Golden Eagles, yeah. right? And yeah, that was great hockey. Uh, and and you grow up it with was. that, yeah, for sure it was. But but I think sometimes too, it's 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 that age group of where it is, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've got you know Tegan, who's now what twenty twenty four. Yep. He grew up coming to the American Hockey League Grizzlies games, yeah. right? Yep. And now that he's older, his life is different. You know, I mean, you get these people that I've talked to a lot of these fans, and as they were growing up with the Golden Eagles. They were younger. They were the same age or close to the same age of those players. Right, they right. were doing things. Yeah. They could, you know, they could go to, you know, the bars or go hang out and it was fine. Well, now they're all older. And so now it's these younger generation kids. I mean, I've got, you know, my oldest is 14 and I got a 12 and a 10. Well, they're idolizing these kids that are on the ice now. Yeah. But give it 10, 15 years, guess what? They're it's not it's not it's going to be different for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you get That's these people that it's just like, oh, it was, you know, I love the Golden Eagles. Well, yeah, because at that time you could relate to those guys. You could look up to them and it was like, oh, we're the same age. And now all of a sudden, right. you know, you could be these guys' grandpa, Yeah, you know, or, or their dad. And it's weird. And it's weird looking at when I watched the NHL and I'm like, God, look at that kid. Yeah. They're just kids. And when you, when you were younger, you're like, man, those guys knew everything. Right. You thought they were the oldest. You thought they were, you know, and they're just kids f- figuring it out too. Like I mean, the guys we were watching in the NHL. Yeah. Now you're watching their kids, yep. and you're thinking, "Holy heavens!" Well, and how many times, as an e-bug, there we've had guys come through that I e-bugged with before. So, like, I'm trying to remember who, but guys would come through, and I, I e-bugged with their dads. Yeah, and now they're coming through as pro players too. Right, and. Yeah. Life, yeah, life brings it. I mean, every yeah. year. I mean, every five years, our, our life changes. Yeah. And so, to me, it's like, look, you know, come and have fun. Yep. I mean, to me, it's the big thing. Is just like, look, hockey is is a great sport. We love hockey, but you know something, with all the crap in the world going on, make that your escape yeah. to to get out of life and come to a game and in, you know, in, enjoy it. I mean, for me, you know, I. We're going nuts and crazy, but I can tell you next Friday, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to just take a deep breath. I'm going to enjoy a hockey game. Yeah, that's and, and that's where these people are. It's like, just come and enjoy. Come support the team. You know something? If we suck that night, great. I mean, one of the worst things that happened last year that we all talk about, I mean, Ryan and I were talking about it this last week. You know, game was our game three. Oh, right. Yeah. We were up four nothing. Yeah. And you know something? I get it. Everybody was upset. Yeah, I mean, I was upset. I, I, I don't like, I don't like us losing. I have no say in, in losing and winning on the ice. Yeah. Up for nothing, and then we lose, and it's just like, oh, this, you know. And then it's like, okay, well, now we're down, and you start thinking, okay, we got, if we win tomorrow, then we got to go back, and we have to win two in a row in Toledo, and you're like, oh, I just, I don't know if that's going to happen, and and so it's just, look, yeah, it happens. I mean, yeah. you tell me anybody that's gone to work or had something in their life that they were perfect for the whole time, right? But yet we look at this sport and we're like, ah, oh, they were up for nothing and they suck. And it's like, well, yeah, they, it wasn't great. And there were some different factors, you know, Trent Minor situation of going up and down. Right, right, and, right. You know, you look at, I mean, to me, you know, Garrett Metcalf, if, if he's healthy and he we have him in net, yeah. I think we got a different game. There's lots of and there's lots, lots of, of that outs. Stuff. And that's part of the fun part. Well, and the, another part that I think the fans don't understand is it's it's such a blessing to have the avalanche above us. And sometimes, you know, your job, Ryan's job is to get all these players ready for the next level. For the next level. Yeah. And if it if the next level needs a win or needs a player, it'll come at the expense of the Grizzlies. But that's why they have the Grizzlies. Right. But it also gives another person a chance to prove they belong or right. to step up. Right. And it doesn't matter what level you're at. Teams are going to fall apart. It's no, like, and they will. But they, I mean, go back to Rapid City. And Ryan even said it himself. The Rapid City game where we were struggling to find a goalie. Yeah. 
and we go to G, get a GCU Grand Canyon University Not goalie. Not even their top team, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, he's home for Christmas. I don't even think he wore his gear. He fa- so they found gear yeah, from they, somebody yeah. that he wore, right? That was and Ryan will say it. That was a turning point that he believed was there. That, that turned kind of the page for the, for our team to realize, okay, this was going on. And so those are the things that it's just like, you know, you come experience, you come and have fun, you know, you enjoy the game. I mean, that was my biggest thing, especially coming off of COVID, right? I mean, COVID, it was like we could have 1,800 people in the building. They all had to sit six feet away. And it just, it wasn't, it was fun. But to me, it's about seeing the fans walk in the building. It's about... You know, the relationships of seeing people and being like, oh, it's so great to see you. And you can actually go back and, you know, give a bit of a hug or a high five. And, you know, I mean, we've got, you know, Gene Butler who sits in 113. You know, he's got his, there's a whole group of people that sit there now. And there's more people wanting to sit by them. But we score a goal. And that crazy guy, he's up off his seat. He's running down the aisles. He's running across seats. He's jumping seats, high fiving everybody. You know, giving experiences to people. Yeah. I mean, out of his own pocket, he goes and buys hundreds of little kids' grizzly shirts. And as he's walking the concourse or he's watching the game, he sees some kid having fun. He gets up, he walks over and tosses the kid a freaking shirt, man. You know, but that's the guy that you're like, dude, keep coming, man. We love having him because to him, he loves the team, he loves the game. But it's all about experiences right. that make it work. So they should just come to the game. I mean, if they don't, that's. I mean, it's fine. I mean, well, when's we'll, the last? We'll miss you, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm not going to make the choice for you. Well, and those guys that are complaining about whatever wins, losses, being an affiliate, whatever, we're not going to go to the AHL if not currently. Yeah, and if if uh, if more fans start coming out and there's more interest, and and maybe an, another NHL team looks at it and says. Mm-hmm. Because I think the only one that doesn't have their affiliate all locked up nowadays is Calgary. I think. I think so. So anyway, and again, I mean, you look at them. Let's talk affiliate for a minute. We've had a lot of affiliates with the yeah. Grizzlies. Yeah, and I will tell you, in my opinion, Colorado is that. I mean, they care. They show they care. If you go back and look at other teams and see how many players they're sending down, and you look at what Colorado does for us. They care. And, you know, and I think with the A, things will change. But you know something? It's not like you can just go and buy an American Hockey League franchise and then put a team to put together. Right. You know, I mean, there's there's things that go into making it happen. So there are some teams. I mean, you've got, you know, San Jose. Their team plays in the same barn with them, and they're all right there. And, you know, you've got some Canada teams, the same situation. So I wouldn't say it's out of the picture, um, but I think people don't think that, we care. The yeah. ownership cares. Yeah. And that's false. They do care, but it's got to be the right fit at the right time to make things happen. Right. So could it happen? It could. Will it happen? I don't know. End of the day, for me, it's about what's going on right here, right now, or mm-hmm. taking care of things. And I thought we'd address that before, and every time I see somebody post about it, I just send them a link to that podcast yeah, where, we, yeah, I love where it. we talked about all that. Just like, hey, we've already talked about all this stuff, yeah. and everything you're saying is not true or, or right. you know, misrepresented. So, right. like, here's the actual fact on this interview. So I always just yeah. – I don't even say anything. I'll just post just that post link. post on there and hopefully listen to but it. And- anyway, it's – and that I think you said it exactly how I'd want to say it, is that this is an experience, and this is fun, and it's an escape – and God, we've been through so much over the last two years. Mm-hmm. And last year was amazing for us as fans to, man, it was just so much fun to see the the Grizzlies and see all that talent. And I can't wait to see what happens this year. But whatever happens this year, even God, if you go 0 for 80 or whatever, which would be frustrating, but it's yeah, still, let's, you let's have. Not, let's not do that. I might need that shot. Glass. <laughs> <laughs> but you would still have. The ability to get out of the house, the ability to be by other people, yeah. and something that we haven't had for two years. We went to Thriller last night, and I was like, one, it's their last season, so everybody's right. there. Two, I'm like, man, I've been coming here for like 15 years. and It's the same thing every year. It is the same thing Imagine every year. Imagine that. Hockey's I, a little bit different. But I've always been able to just sit down and have 
the whole row around me and next to me and in front of me so I could sit my feet because the seats are small. Right. So I could sit my feet over the seat in front of me and now it's like, like packed in. Yeah. And normally I'd be like, oh, there's too many people. And I'm like, man, it's not. Although the person behind us that had bronchitis or whatever probably shouldn't have been there. But it was it was so nice to be around people again. Yeah. And that was where we were supposed to sit there and be quiet. The Grizzlies are an opportunity to get out. Be around people. Be loud. Be obnoxious. You can watch, yell and watch scream. Watch amazing and, hockey. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for it. Um, I know. So today's today's Friday, and we're kicking off the season. Preseason starts tonight. tonight. Yeah, the team buses out here in about what hour and fifteen minutes. So nice. bus up to Idaho. Uh, game tomorrow, and then the regular season starts next Friday. Week from week from tonight. Yeah. So we've got a Friday, Saturday set, and for the first time in years, we're not playing Idaho for opening <laughs> weekend after playing them preseason the week before. So. Yeah. Who's in town? Rapid City's coming Rapid in. Rapid City. So Nice. They're a fun team. A lot, yeah. Of, uh, yeah. a lot of heat there. Yeah. So. Well, perfect. Well, I, I think we've covered everything. I, I just really wanted to touch base and see how things were going and, and catch up on last season. Uh, I th- we talked about the locals that are in. The yeah. lineup. I mean, we have not really talked about Garrett being one of two right now, right? Yeah. I don't know what's going on up above us. I saw Colorado just tre- or just, picked, just up picked up a goalie off waivers. Minor, you we may see Minor back. Yeah, which, you know, good for us, bad for him. Yeah, he deserves he, he deserves it, and, and I think he'll get a chance, right? Yeah. I mean, for me, just more from the local standpoint and knowing the Metcalf family. Yeah, you know, I just want. Garrett to get a chance, right? And, and he had a chance last year. I mean, right before he got hurt, yeah. Vegas called him to go play down there with the Silver Knights, yeah. And and he was injured, so he lost that opportunity. And then uh, talking to Steve, you know, during the summer, that the guy they pulled down after Garrett said he couldn't, they signed him. Yeah. So if Garrett would have been healthy. Yeah. You would see Garrett probably down in, in with, with the Vegas team. But I think Garrett's Garrett's a phenomenal goalie and I think his team start seeing him <clears throat> perform. Um you probably don't see Garrett Metcalf in a in a Grizzlies uniform halfway through the year, maybe. I who knows. I mean he's You know, we had him on the show last year when he was up in Lehigh and we, we talked about uh you know, just timing. Yeah, and how it was such a fluke. He got he got up, and man, he played three games right away, and played awesome, and then tested positive. Yeah, for COVID. Yeah, and it just is like, man, so frustrating. And then the and then the labrum tear yeah. in his in his hip is which he's fixed now, and he's yeah, he's, he he's, says he's healthier he's, than he's, he's ever yeah, been. He's, and he's looking he's looking really good. Yeah. So I think I, he probably gets a start either tonight in Idaho. Um, or he gets it tomorrow, tomorrow night in Ogden. I, yeah. I think you see him get one of the starts for sure. Well, that's so. exciting though because I mean he's another a, a real true Utah product that yeah. stayed here until he was 15. Came to my camp when he was a little kid for years yeah. and years and years. His dad refed, yeah, you know, in the A and in the I, and yeah. his dad's been around forever and coaching and helping and giving yeah. back. And so it's uh, it's exciting. Like I I. I really look forward to the opportunity to see because he really controls the game well. I go and I mostly watch goalies, you know, right? right? Well, you're a goalie, that's right. what's going to happen. Yeah, and I and I really enjoy watching what these guys can do. And, and Garrett, just the way he he just is in control of the game right. at at a, at a higher level. You see a lot of guys like if if you got to see the 11 minutes that I played, which was phenomenal, but. Yeah, uh, I was I was a little bit nervous. I was a little bit nervous as well. <laughs> Honestly, I, people ask me about it. I wasn't as nervous as I as I probably put on because I had nothing to lose. Yeah, I could have given up five, and people have been like, "Oh, well, I gave up five, but yeah. he got to play, whatever." But yeah. I mean, I was and the, every article is like forty three year old, whatever. You know, like yeah. they could have just said Jay. Like yeah. they didn't have to say yeah. how old I was. But anyway, yeah. like you see goalies that come in and they're like, "Okay, I made this save. Now I got to scramble to get to this save." Garrett's already processed all that. Yes. Garrett knows. He's got really good rebound control. If he gives up a rebound here, usually already knows where it's going to go. Right. I just think his mind game is next level, hundred percent. And he's, he's so big, and he's he's put a lot, he puts a lot of time into, you know, watching film and really understanding. Like he's he's a true student of 
of goaltending, of making sure, you know, it's the angles and how to move. And, you know, it's not always about moving. It's about moving at the right time into the right spot compared to just, I got to move, you know, from, from post to post. Yeah. And they, and yeah, they, they really have taken it to the next level with what they do with that. And anyway, and you can see it, you can see it all. You can see these guys that put in so much time and effort and work and have played and have been drafted right. and are really talented players. And they're playing right here in Utah Absolutely. for the Grizzlies. And we're lucky to have a couple locals on the team. Absolutely. But most local people here would never, I don't care if you played at Weber state or if you played for the outliers, it's 1% that make it to the pros. Right. Right, there, that's a huge difference, and people just need to understand that. And I, I'm not saying anything negative about the other teams. No, it's because I, I'm going to go to Outliers games. I'm going to go to Ogden Mustangs games. Well, no, and that's and talk about a, a a huge, you know, rivalry. I mean, they the Mustangs oh, yeah. and the Out. I mean, that's that's a rivalry there. Yeah. You know, and and those those kids, they are fun to watch. You know, there's you know you like oh they're just. You know, it's like they're fighting for it more, and like, yeah, at times they probably are. Huh? You know, and and but they're great games to watch. I mean, to me, I think it's about supporting all of hockey. You know, for for us as an organization, it's not about just going and hey, everybody come to us. It's about go support everybody else. You know, I mean, the Mustangs. I've taken my kids to Mustangs games. I've taken them. You know, they've watched the outliers and, you know, my kids have gear that's not just Grizzlies gear. Um, But I think as we go and we support the sport of hockey, that's that's what's going to make things happen. You know, I mean, for me, it's about trying to find, you know, who's the next kid that I can talk their parents into getting that kid dressed up in hockey gear and having them playing. And if we support hockey, support the Grizzlies. Go support University of Utah. Go support UVU, Weber State, Utah State. You know, support the Outliers and Mustangs. You know, go watch the. You know, go watch these little kids play. I mean, I've got it this Saturday. I'm way excited. I have my daughter's got to practice at seven forty-five. Then she's got a game at I think eleven. Then she's got another one at four. And then the Grizzlies play at seven o'clock. So I know where I'm going to be on Saturday. I'll oh. be at a hockey rink all day long. But if we go and we support the sport that we all love, then it's going to get better. Yeah. You know, it's just, and, and it's, and that's what it's about. It's go have fun, enjoy it, support, you know, whatever it is. Yep. Um, enjoy it while it lasts too yeah. with being there all day. Cause all of a sudden they, they age out and you're like, what, what do I do all day? Saturday? Yeah, who's I, I was talking yeah. to somebody who was it? And they were just like, it's nuts. Like I used to remember going. You know, you were obviously there with with Tegan, right? I mean, yep. you're always going somewhere, and yep. you know, it's all of a sudden now you're like, oh, I kind of have a free weekend. You know, I mean, I've got. I bought maybe, a movie pass. Yeah, go to a bunch of movies all of a sudden. And I had two though. kids, uh, two kids playing yeah. sports both year round. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they're both gone, and I was like, huh. What do you do now? Reintroduce myself to my wife. Yeah. Get to you know. Well, and it's went crazy. To the gym I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, I you know, I've talked to a few people trying to get their kids to play, and and hockey's one of those that we call it rec, which it is rec. Yeah. But we're traveling. You know, I oh, mean, well. my kid played at Davis County. We had to travel to Vernal for a game. Oh yeah. We've you know, and yep. so hockey is a little bit different that way there. But you know, you go and support and you have fun and. I mean, I've got, you know, my daughter's in Colorado next weekend for a Lady Grizz games. And the following weekend, I've got Cooper down. We're going down to Vegas. and ah, sounds we're, awesome. we're, all, we're all over the place, but I, I I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, this this sport is one that I didn't grow up playing hockey. You know, we I remember as a kid going to a few Golden Eagles games. Um, but I tell you, it's hockey's changed my life, and there's nothing better than it. And I love watching the kids and and everybody else get into it and and have fun and and experience it. Yeah, I agree. And hockey changed my life as well. I can't uh, can't express that enough. Yeah, I don't even know what I would have done otherwise. Um, anyway, Jared, it's amazing having you. You brought up the University of Utah. Uh, for those listening, we have huge a huge announcement coming up next week about uh, KSL and the University of Utah hockey programs. So we're excited to talk about that. I can't say too much about it, but if you just, I mean, I pretty much said everything there is to say right there. If you figure, read between the lines. It and, might be uh, hard for people. <laughs> it might be hard for some of the people. 
But anyway, uh, it, it's amazing. We're looking forward to it. And as I, I know we're going to have the plan from here on out is we're going to have Ryan in um, probably every other week. Uh, Ryan and Jared, coach the coaches. Coach Pike. Coach Pike. Man, I've known him since he's a little kid, too. But it'll be fun to have them in and catch up, and I hope you come back and, yeah, and just and talk to us and, and share how things are going on your end. Because it's good to get both ends and see. Like We can talk about the players and whatever with the coaches all the time, but I like to hear about the back end of stuff too and, yeah. and how things are going and what we can do to help support the, the game we love. Yeah. And uh, thanks for your insight on all that. Absolutely. Johnny, I'll give you a little plug. All right. But I can't say too much either. But if you come to the games next weekend, there's there's some big changes Oh. That have uh, that are in the works happening at the Maverick Center that people have been talking about for years. So okay, and I think I know what it is. And I, I can't you, say it. if you read between the lines, yeah. you probably understand it. But All yeah, right. we'll, we'll just we'll let people come and experience it to to see. It's gonna it's gonna change the experience. Um, hundred percent. Well, I'm excited. Center. I'm excited. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, uh, Jared, thanks for everything, and uh, we'll be back with, uh, like I said, we've got University of Utah coming up, we've got the coaches coming up, uh, we've got a lot of fun episodes coming up this season, so until then, we'll see you on the Utah Puck Report. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.